another week, another podcast. I was down, kind of depressed this past week. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit about the month that was January. Can you believe it? We're already a month into 2021. Time just moves so fast now, let me tell you. In the second half, I'm going to be talking about WWE's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. It's the only show every single year from WWE that I always watch, and I'm going to talk about it. It's a bit of a review, not, you know, I didn't want to dedicate a full episode to it, so I'm just going to talk about it. And without further ado, here is Floating Roach. Let's get into the podcast. Down a week, down a week, but Cassidy is alive nonetheless. I hope that you guys are doing well this week. I'm doing weller today. (laughs) Weller isn't a word. That seems like a ritual at this point. I will say something stupid in the first 30 seconds. I, (laughs) I can't go 30 minutes without embarrassing myself, this bitch. Oh my god. Hello, how you doing? As I said, I'm better today. I've had a bit of a down week. Bit of a fucking down week. We're going to talk about that. That's what I want to talk about. My downer week. I don't know where to begin. I spent a lot of this week just in bed, not even playing video games. You know those days where you don't even quite do anything, really? And the day's just over before you know it. Some days I've been sleeping all day. Some days I haven't been sleeping. It's been kind of that broken, you know, sleep for an hour or two, wake up. I don't know what it's been. Just these past two weeks, especially this last one, just really down. General mood, just kind of blah. You know, just the lethargy. And uh, I have a psych appointment this week. And I feel like, yeah, I always feel better after a psych appointment. It's like I need to recharge, need to to release and recharge. And I'm at that point now, I think. Oh, my God. Excuse me for a moment. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't been a great week this week, really. Really, it hasn't been. I'll tell you about a little story from this week. Okay, so... I went to go buy tobacco, and this is just a few days ago from the time of recording. I went to go buy tobacco. I went to the Bottolo, local bottle shop. They sell alcohol. That's a Bottolo. I, Australian language, what can you do? I went to the Bottolo to buy tobacco, and as I am walking there, I'm already having kind of terrible body image things this day, like, sorry, self-image. I don't feel great that day. I really don't look great that day, but I go nonetheless, and as I'm walking about halfway, well, I'd say about three quarters of the way, what happens? My tuck sort of comes loose. So when I say that, I mean that 
the flatness at the front is kind of a bulge again. And the best I can do is like try to pull my shirt down and keep my hand over it while everything else is kind of loose. And <laughs> I'm feeling so fucking self-conscious at this point. I'm thinking, do I go home? Well, I'm right there. I'm right there. I can just grab this tobacco, then walk home. And I'm already feeling bad about that. I go in, and the guy working there keeps calling me fucking man. At first, it's mate, and mate kind of, uh, I'm iffy with it. But then he calls me man like four or five times and I'm fucking trying not to cry on my walk home. I get into my room and it's just sort of stare out a rainy window kind of night. Oh my god, I felt so horrible. And this was right at probably my worst day of that week, right? I said I had a kind of depressed week. I was really, really low that day. Then this happens, and I'm just like, fuck everything. Fuck the world. Fuck everything. And I laid in bed, and I felt better the next day. I had a good sleep, and I felt a bit better the next day. And every day since then has been up, you know? I haven't been right up, but it's been further up from where I was. Like, this year, last couple of months, I've spoken about it. I feel as though I'm finally... I'm I'm not beating my depression, but I'm dealing with it in just I'm dealing with it well. I didn't deal with my depression well for fucking years. But now I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with it well enough. But I'm gonna have low weeks. I'm gonna have low days. I realize this, but oh my god, this is my first time really dealing with one of those exceptionally exceptionally low weeks. So what did I do this week? Not much. I did play some video games, I guess. I did. I played through Blaster Master. I spoke about those a couple of weeks ago. I ordered them from Limited Run. They finally came in. Blaster Master Zero. Blaster Master Zero Two. I only played the first one. I haven't played the second. And the first one is really more than I was expecting. It's pretty much just a remake of the original Blaster Master on NES. Infinitely more playable, but it's essentially the same game. With a, the, the original had a lot of dead ends. There's really no point to it. This one sort of put some items there. It's, it's, a, it's a better game, I will say. There's really no point to go back and play the original Blaster Master at this point. Unless you just want to be impressed with, oh wow, this was on the NES? That's, that's cool, you know? <laughs> that's really the only reason to go back and play the original now. And I, I really enjoyed my time with Blaster Master Zero. I'm really happy I got that from Limited Run. Really happy. And Blaster Master 2, sorry, Blaster Master Zero 2 is an entirely original game. And I'm excited to play that. I just haven't as of yet. I will. I also played a bit of The Binding of Isaac this past week, got back into playing that. I used to play the shit out of that game, I think just on the Switch version, like 600 hours. Like I said in my video games episode, I've sunk so many fucking hours into this game since it was on, 
I believe Newgrounds. I still haven't checked what Flash website it was on, but it was on a Flash website, and I played the shit out of it there too. Just on the Switch version, it's like six, seven, something hundred hours. I could check, but you know, I'm gonna check. I'm curious. I'm curious. Let me just pull this up here. Bear with me a minute. Six hundred and eighty fucking hours, right? <laughs> and only about ten, fifteen of them are from this past week. So I got into just playing it a bit. I haven't played it in a long time. And yeah, I love The Binding of Isaac. I love it. It's really fun, procedurally generated. Kind of, it's a, it's just something you can just pick up and play. And I love that. I love, I need more games I can just pick up and play. Everything I have, I tends to be, you have to put a lot of time into and just play through. And speaking of putting a lot of time into and playing through, you know what I've been thinking about replaying? I don't know why. I don't know what spurred it on, but I just really want to replay these games. Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII. I just was talking, gushing about Binding of Isaac that I can just pick up and play it, and I love that. But I've also really been thinking, I want to replay Final Fantasy VII. And I want to replay Final Fantasy VIII. I want to replay both of these fucking games, but just, it, it's a big commitment, right? There's a lot of time... You gotta put into playing Final Fantasy 7 and 8. And also Dragon Quest 11. I don't know, I feel like playing a long, lengthy RPG. But I got a stack of games I haven't played yet. I've got Sniper Elite, V2, and 3. And I'm about to order 4. I haven't even played the other two. I don't even know if I like them. <laughs> Plus and Master 2, of course. And I've still got to go through the Pokemon DLC. And all I can think about is playing old games. All I can do such as with Isaac, is play fucking games I've already put hundreds of hours into. Ah, I need help. Ugh. But speaking of hundreds of hours, I also watched some One Piece. I haven't watched any One Piece in like a month. Of course, I'm not quite up to date with the manga currently. Not quite there. But I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting... I think... Ah... Uh, I think I'm about a month and a half behind on the manga. I'll get there. I'll read them. Doesn't matter. But with the anime, I left off right at the beginning of Whole Cake Island. This is where Big Mum becomes the primary villain. And she's fucking great in the manga. I watched a bunch of episodes. And yeah, this is starting to really drag <laughs> at this point. Like, I mean, it is really fucking starting to drag. But I don't care because I'm watching One Piece and it's cool and Big Mum's cool and I didn't watch it for a while. So I'm happy that I watched some One Piece this week. Maybe that helped pick me up a little. Maybe that's what helped pick me up a little. But what probably picked me up a little, what picked me up the most this week was I have finally started the process of legally changing my name and sex. Oh my god. It's going to be a process. I need I need to explain why, basically. And it's costly. I have to pay money. Then I have to get a new ID. I have to call up everywhere and change all my details. But my name won't be a male name given to me by my mom anymore. I'm also changing my last name. It's hyphenated as it is. But I'm getting rid of half of it. The maternal half. So I only have the paternal half. And my legal first name will be Cassidy. And 
I am so excited, overwhelmed, oh my god, it'll say female on my ID, which I have to get a new ID too, that means new photos, that means more money, oh, why must everything cost money, I'm starting to understand Karl Marx a lot better now, he hated that everything, that's, that's the birth of communism right there, hating that everything must cost money, uh, but I have to pay the state for it, so... You can't even use communism. You can't even use communism to win here. And that's bullshit. (laughs) That's bullshit. But I'm legally changing my name. And I'm happy about that. Because I just... I imagine this to be well, well, well down the road. But I had to show my ID. And someone had to remark on it. I don't know if I mentioned... No, I didn't mention this last week. But somebody had to remark on the fact that there was a male name on my ID. They said, oh, I thought you were a girl. And part of me can be like, well, they thought I was female. That's, I mean, (laughs) something. But I hate the people have to remark on it. Like, shut the fuck up, right? My ID will say female and it'll say Cassidy. And uh, that's just perfect. That's great. I'm so happy. Listen to me. Listen to me. So that was my week. But now let's talk about the month. One month of the year has already passed. January has come. And January has gone. What's that song by Gorillaz? That's November has come. Yeah. Well, November hasn't come yet. January has come. And in January, not a lot changed for the elephant in the room that is covid Not a lot changed, realistically. Globally, not a lot changed. People are acting as though things have changed. I have seen, I have found, I feel like a lot of people are kind of behaving like it's not a major issue anymore, even though it is. (laughs) It wasn't cancelled, guys. 2020, just, just because the year finished doesn't mean things are instantly better now, because they're not... Then things are getting better where I live in Victoria. Things are doing really well in our state. But in this this month alone, we've already had a quarantine in Adelaide. There was some issues, an outbreak in Sydney. I'm not sure if it was in Sydney or just the state of New South Wales. There was something happening up in Queensland. I'm not sure. But just recently, Perth have entered a quarantine. So things still aren't doing great. And... It just, it sucks. We're, we're going to be, we're going to be dealing with this pandemic for a while, right? <laughs> COVID's our way of life for the foreseeable future. And I don't like that. I think that things are only going to get worse before they get better. Unfortunately, you know, you, you'd love to see it go the other way. Morbid curiosity wants to see, wants to see the, the chaos ensue part, you know, that, that morbid curious, curious side but really, you just really hope things get better. But they don't. They're not going to yet. Eventually, we're all in this together and things will get better down the road. But really, things still suck right now. What doesn't suck, however, are watching the rednecks. I use the term rednecks loosely. Just the conservatives in America cry as Joe Biden is sworn in. I, I don't give a shit about Joe Biden. I really don't care. 
about him in particular, but it's just really funny watching all these conservatards in their red hats crying over Twitter. It is fantastic. I think Donald Trump got banned from Twitter. I don't pay too much attention to all of that. Um, going to 4chan, the poll board, and just seeing, oh my god, the reactionaries. I don't know how much of it is concern trolling, but it's funny, nonetheless. It's a very, what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> what a fucking time to be alive. So, there's really, this was an uneventful month, right? It w- really was. It's been an uneventful series of months. It's been an uneventful, like, God, at this point, like, 10, 11 months. We're going on 12 months of it just being kind of meh, you know? So, there has been some good music, though. There has been some good music. There are two albums I want to give some credit to, or some props to. We'll go with that terminology. That terminology, oh my God. We'll go with that term. I want to give some props to two albums this year. Firstly, an album by the band called Shame. Right, so Shame released Drunk Tank Pink this year. It is a post-punk record, and it's phenomenal. Thank God for places like Rate Your Music, where I can just stumble upon something nice like this that I would have never found otherwise. This is really good. This is like late 80s, maybe mid-80s, post-punk, really good revivalist kind of feel to this. I... Loved this record. If you're into... I would... It's not even if you're into punk. If you're just into rock music, give this a go. This is a really fucking phenomenal album. This right now is a strong contender for my album of the year. I don't think it will be by the time things are all said and done. Something else is going to go above this. Inevitably, it's going to happen. But I really like this fucking record. And right now... It is a strong contender. You can call this my month of the my month of the album, my album of the month for January. The second album I want to give credit to is an album by Hospital Bracelet, South Loop Summer. This is another revivalist album, but this is Midwest emo revivalist with a very this kind of an alternative country flavor to it. The singer's voice very country. Um, this is a really good emotional record. Really, like I said, it's a Midwest emo. I, I love that shit. That's completely my jams. This is a really good album. This reminds me of a lot of 90s kind of, no band in particular, just those, those nameless kind of 90s emo bands, like Raina Maria, kind of. It's just, it reminds me of something like that. I really like this. I would suggest this. And, yeah, it's another good record. You can call this my number two of the month. Again, rate your music. Thank thank you, rate your music, for existing. You, you put me on to so much good shit. Next month, however, Pale Waves. I fucking love Pale Waves. These, this is a really great kind of 80s aesthetic rock pop, pop rock. I don't know what you want to call it. Band from Britain. They released an album in 2017 that is phenomenal. Go check out Television Romance. That is a really fucking great song. They have been releasing a couple of new tracks, a couple of new singles over the last month or so, leading towards their second album, Who Am I?, which is coming out on the 12th of February, and I am ready for this. Let me tell you, I fucking love Pale Waves. I think her voice... God, I forget her name. God, I 
fucking, I should have written it down, but she has a phenomenal fucking voice, her eyes are just, ugh, and just, I love their aesthetic, it's kind of a weird, she's kind of a goth, I, I guess, if you want to call it anything, and there's a w- real 80s quality to this music, it's just great, listen to Pale Waves, I, I wish I could make them the song of the week this week, but I don't think I could get away with Pale Waves, I gotta, I gotta think smaller, so, instead of listening to Pale Waves, again, new album, Who Am I, February 12th, listen to it when it comes out, mm, great, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be great, but, since I can't use them for the song of the week this week, the song of the week is falling down to Hospital Bracelet, the band I spoke about earlier, this is from their 2020 debut album, South Loop Summer, and it is called Feral Rat Anthem. We'll be back just after this.
the pro wrestling segment. You all love it. Don't even pretend like you don't. I know you don't. No one's even listening this far in. But nonetheless, before I get into the Royal Rumble review, I'm going to talk a little about this week, this past week in pro wrestling. So, AEW. As of right now, I haven't seen this past week, Beach Break. That's going to be a recurring theme here. It's posted the night of, so I don't really... Sorry, I should say this podcast is published the night of. So a lot of the time, it's it's usually up and ready to be published before I've had a chance to watch the new AEW. But last week, holy shit, Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. What a good, good match. Really good. Holy shit. Dax Harwood does not get enough credit. He is basically Bobby Eaton. This is this guy is just Bobby Eaton. Or Arn Anderson, if you want even greater praise. Jungle Boy, he gets the big win by submission. He's coming along really strong. This match was everything I was hoping it would be. I was not disappointed. Just awesome, awesome shit from AEW this week. The full show. The full show of Dynamite. Last week was really good. Beach Break, of course, happened earlier today, as of the time of publishing. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm sure I'm going to love it. But last week, really good. Really good improvement from a kind of dull week before. So, AEW was good. New Japan Pro Wrestling, though. Hell yeah. After some shitty Road 2 shows, we got a great, great first night of the new beginning in Nagoya. Oh my god. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shingo Takagi in the main event. This was an excellent four and three quarter star match. Just fantastic. Really slow, deliberate in the early goings to build towards the end. Just this is what I love in pro wrestling when it's just a fake sport. That's you, you will see getting into the WWE Royal Rumble review the difference between. The wrestling I like, and the wrestling WWE put out, right? This was really good. This was what I like. We had Kojima and Osprey, semi-main. They worked really hard. They had a really good match. And Okan Tenzan was whatever. <laughs> we have coming up for New Japan Pro Wrestling on the 11th and 12th. Two more nights of the New Beginning Tour in Hiroshima. It's Hiromu Takahashi defending the junior belt against Sho. And Kota Ibushi defending the Intercontinental and Heavyweight belt against Sonata. I'm looking forward to both of these matches, particularly Hiromu and Sho. That's really it. There's some other stuff, but this is a smaller tour. We're just ramping up for the year. I'm sure both of these will be excellent main events. I also, this isn't stuff that occurred this week, but stuff I watched this week. There is a channel I have found on YouTube called Evito X Puro. Uploads. A hell of a lot of great 80s Joshi. I watched so much Jagusin Nagayao. So much of the Crush Girls. Dump Matsumoto. There was a Nagayao Amori match from 86. That was just fucking awesome. Right. Just go out of your way to look at shit on this channel. Really good. Really good 80s Joshi. I love it. There's some early Bull Nakano there too. And good shit. Bull Nakano is fantastic. So, without further ado, 
here's a transition because we're getting into the Royal Rumble review. WWE Royal Rumble 2021, taking place on January 31st, of course, the year of our Lord, 2021. Now, just to preface this, I don't typically watch WWE, this is the one event every single year I watch start to finish. I didn't look at the pre-show, I don't care, they did show some highlights throughout the show, and they mentioned it enough. There was the women's tag titles, and Charlotte lost, or something like that. I don't care. I didn't watch the pre-show. So we're going to get straight into with match number one. Things open quickly with the WWE title as Drew McIntyre defends against Bill Goldberg. This is about what I expected. Goldberg spears McIntyre through the barricade before the battle, McIntyre quickly recovers and hits a claymore for a near fall. Goldberg with two spears and a jackhammer, but Drew kicks out. Goldberg misses with a fourth spear. McIntyre hits another claymore for the three count. This was whatever, right? It was really quick. It was over and done with in under three minutes. I think the I believe that the official time was like two minutes and. Th- 2 minutes and 39 seconds. That's what it was. 2 minutes 39 seconds. Just really quick. It was fine. No star rating for this one. It was just, like I said, it was what I expected. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just a quick way to put Drew McIntyre over. He gets he gets to retain that title. He gets to move on. I was kind of worried Goldberg would win. But Drew McIntyre won. That's cool. I love Drew. Next up. For the SmackDown Women's title, Sasha Banks, defending champion versus challenger Carmella. I didn't think that this was a bad match, but I found it to be kind of boring. There was nothing exciting or interesting going on here, but it was a fine back and forth match, I suppose. Carmella has definitely improved since the last time that I saw her. Probably last year's Rumble that would have been. And oh, oh, Speaking of, oh my god, at one point, Carmella takes a dive to the outside and falls flat on her fucking face. She was fine, Carmella actually worked in the women's rumble later, but just, oof, scary fucking bump right there. Anyway, Sasha wins, she retains the title, by submission, this was very basic, by the numbers, it was just a wrestling match. I gave this a generous two and a half star, fine, you know, whatever. And now, match number three, the first of two, it is the 2021 Women's Royal Rumble match. This was the match of the night, in my opinion. This was mostly good, though there wasn't much really happening in the first half, a lot of dull spots, but it did pick up towards the end. So, Bailey started this match at number one, lasting about 25 minutes before being eliminated by Bianca Belair. She looked fantastic in her run here. Like, I mean, Bailey looked really fucking good. And at number two, alongside her, was Naomi, 
who looked nowhere near as impressive as Bailey did, in my opinion. I don't really like Naomi to begin with. But she did last over half an hour, so kudos to her. She she put the work in. We're going to jump to the finish here, right? Because like I said, nothing really exciting happened for the most part. It was just decent. Nobody shit the bed. Whatever. But So we're going to jump to the finish, because the finish, really good shit. So Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax have just been eliminated. Number 30, Natalia Neidhart, is making her way down the ramp. And she is attacked by Baszler and Jax, who are clearly upset that they've been eliminated. They then go on to attack everybody left in the match. And they throw Natalia into the ring. So then they leave. So this gives an excuse for everyone to be down and sort of get up at the same time. Do that dramatic look, you know, point at the WrestleMania sign. God damn it. But <laughs> it gives us the excuse for that. Now, with Natty as an official entrant... There's nobody left to come out. She was number 30. And we're down to our final five. Right? So, the final five are Bianca Belair. She entered at number three. Absolute iron woman in this match. Rhea Ripley. She came in at number 14 with six eliminations thus far. She's my pick to win. You have Charlotte Flair. She was last year's winner. She came in at number 15. Lana. She came in at number 26. And Natalia, who of course was number 30. Natalia eliminates Lana almost immediately. And she works a really, really clean sequence with Rhea Ripley. Until Bianca Belair comes up from behind, throws her over the top rope, and eliminates her. And we get what is a very, very nice three-way match here. As Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair team up to eventually eliminate Charlotte Flair. <clears throat> and we're down to two. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, and it is a fantastic, fantastic finishing stretch. Very tense, with, there's a few near elimination spots here that were just fucking out of this world awesome. After what was probably the best of a final two I've ever seen in any Rumble match, like, it's up there with the best of them, Bianca Belair gets the elimination and the win, from number three, she worked hard as hell for almost 57 minutes. She was given four eliminations, and she completely won me over tonight. I always thought that Bianca Belair was kind of good, but as a worker, that's just, oh my god, the worker. She's a really good wrestler. She won me over tonight. Congratulations are also in order for Rhea Ripley. Great performance in the Rumble herself. They gave her six eliminations. Sorry, seven eliminations, which is quite good. They put her over strong, too. Bianca Belair wins. She cuts a very, very emotional post-match promo. This is just great shit. Look, when WWE is bad, it's really bad. But when it's good, it's fucking great. And this was great. This was a good Rumble match. Slow at the beginning, but with a very nice payoff. I rated this one four stars. Great match. Great shit. And it's downhill from here. <laughs> so, match number four for the Universal Championship. It's a last man standing match. Champion Roman Reigns versus challenger Kevin Owens. Now, in a last man standing match... Just in case you don't know, let me light my cigarette and we'll get down to the rules. There it is. There are no disqualifications in a last man standing match. And the winning condition 
is when your opponent cannot make it to their feet by a count of ten. So similar to boxing, I guess. This match begins with a brawl around the arena. They brawl up the set. A lot of chair shots, a lot of kind of eh, working punches. There's not really much happening of substance here, and there's not a lot of selling, but it's fine, you know, it's fun. It, it, it's entertaining enough at this point. Kevin Owens takes a big bump, a really big bump from up on high through some tables. I'm assuming that this was done very safe, and it looked really awesome, really good stuff here. Kev took a really high fall, he makes it to his feet at 9, and then he sells, kind of stumbling, he's way backstage, and it takes forever, like it takes way too fucking long, just minutes on minutes, like at least 5 minutes here, just Kevin Owens selling his way to the back, I, I don't know why they chose to just take so long, but whatever, out of fucking nowhere, Roman Reigns runs over Kevin Owens with a motor card, and it's another crazy bump from Kevin Owens, like, really, really fucking nice, I've never seen one of these in pro wrestling done quite as well, the whole getting run over by a cart spot, this match is fucking ridiculous, but that, that it was fun, it was a fun little spot, so more brawling around backstage, and Kevin Owens eventually hits a flipping senton from a fucking forklift through a table. And it's not even the fucking finish. Owens is up damn near immediately, and Romans is up at a count of nine. Now we... <laughs> now this... This fucking finish. Jesus Christ. Okay. So, they've brawled back to the main area, they were backstage brawling, they've brawled back to the main area, the main arena, sorry. There's a spear through the stage, but it's not the finish, it doesn't matter, don't, don't even fucking worry about it. Collateral damage, bigger equals better, whatever. Kevin Owens handcuffs Roman Reigns to part of the set. Roman can't stand, remember this, Roman Reigns cannot stand. So, the referee gets to a 9 count, and he throws the referee down. Then out comes Roman Reigns' manager, the evil, despicable Paul Heyman. And he has a key to these handcuffs. But he struggles to unlock them. He genuinely struggles to unlock them. I don't know why they're using real handcuffs. Why not use something that he can just sort of release himself? You write like a little button on it. Instead... They need a key to unlock these authentic fucking handcuffs. A second referee is out. He's counting. Remember, Roman can't make it to his feet. And he gets to six. But since they still can't get out, the referee slows the count. Roman, still handcuffed to the set as Paul Heyman still struggles, he stands in a squatting position to break the count. He kills the entire fucking gimmick. I, I can't fucking even... This, the point is, he was handcuffed and he couldn't stand, right? So, in st so what he does to break the count is stand while they're getting the handcuff. I mean, just this match is dead. The, it, it, it's over at this point. Like this match is awful. Like uh. Reigns is finally free. He chokes out Owens with a basic fucking guillotine. He fails to answer the ten count. Kevin Owens, he's been choked out. And that's the end. That Roman Reigns wins. 
Well, what a shitty fucking finish. Like, here's what you should have done. The, the whole forklift bit. Roman could have just moved out of the way. Then Kevin Owens goes crashing through table onto the, quote, concrete floor. And that's the finish. Like, the whole handcuff thing, like, it, it, it completely fucking colossally fucked up. Like, they should have just ended in the forklift. Like, this fucking match broke me. It started off just fine garbage, you know? Entertaining. No, not really what I want to see, but whatever. And it just... The whole handcuffing thing, and they couldn't unlock it. And, oh my god. And Roman stood up. <laughs> god, fucking... Whatever. Whatever. We're moving on. One star and a quarter. This was fucking awful. Main event time. Match 5, the final match, it is the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match. Edge comes out at number 1, and Randy Orton comes out at number 2. And as the ring starts filling up with other wrestlers, guys like Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, Shinsuke Nakamura, Edge and Orton continue to brawl around ringside until Edge hits, I forget what it was, he hits some move on the announce table, it doesn't break, and Randy Orton is now injured. He's injured, guys, and he's carried to the back, and I'm certain that we won't be seeing him again for the rest of the night. He's definitely not going to come out later, because he's injured. For the most part, this match was completely fucking forgettable. There's nothing really going on in this whole match, no big memorable spots at all, really. Damien Priest from NXT had a, had a run. Couple of eliminations. It was cool. Big E had a really nice run here. As did Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was in for a while. There was a surprise entrance of Christian. Right? And that was really cool. I love Christian. We got a little in-ring reunion of Edge and Christian. It was a really nice moment. Really nice to see. Daniel Bryan was in there. He was my pick to win. He didn't win. Daniel Bryan's in there, and he was definitely the hardest working guy in this entire match. He really had those working boots on, especially near the end. He, there was some really exciting work out of Daniel Bryan at the end. Like, the most exciting stuff in this entire Rumble was from Daniel Bryan right towards the end, right as he was about to get eliminated. He went wild for about five, six minutes there. Best part of the match. There is one memorable elimination, come to think of it. It was, I believe, yes, it was Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley chucking Dominic Mysterio to the floor. Dominic fucking Mysterio. This kid takes just a tremendous spill to the floor. Really good shit. I, oh, <laughs> oh I'm looking over my notes from when I was watching this show, and one of my notes in all caps and I've sort of made a bold. I've written it a bunch of times over the top. Oh my god, I fucking hate Michael Cole. I fucking hate Michael Cole. He is so bad at his job. Uh, the branding. Fuck. Okay, so AJ Styles has a bodyguard. I don't know his name, but he's this really huge guy. Just like this gigantic specimen. Michael Cole always has to refer to him as AJ's personal colossus. Fuck you. Fuck off. (laughs) Anyway, this Rumble match. 
So Edge has run the gauntlet from number one. He eliminates Seth Rollins, and he believes that he has won. But Randy Orton, RKO out of nowhere. Chegov has been done proud. But luckily, Edge completely no-sells Randy Orton's finishing move and eliminates Randy Orton. Edge wins. 47-year-old Edge, in his fourth match in the last 11 years, has won the Royal Rumble and is going to WrestleMania Cinderella moment. Fantastic then. Three stars. This show wasn't good. It was fine. The Women's Rumble was really, really good. For what it's worth, Goldberg and Drew McIntyre was an entertaining little sprints. I didn't care for much of everything else. The Men's Rumble was okay. It, it was just boring. There was nothing, nothing going on there. Sasha Banks, Carmella, I, I mean, whatever. It was a match. Carmella landing on her head was the most memorable thing about it, which I don't think says a lot great for it. And of course, Reigns and Owens was just garbage. This show wasn't garbage, but it wasn't good. I'm still going to watch the Rumble again next year. There have been far worse, but I didn't like that. I didn't like it too much at all. And speaking of not liking things much at all, and being kind of shitty and nothing happening, I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. I really, really didn't have much of an idea for this week. I got more in store next week. This week, I the things I wanted to cover, there wasn't a lot to talk about, and I'm not about to change plans halfway through. So, thanks for enjoying this shorter, kind of less substantive episode of Cassidy is Alive. Don't worry, the next wrestling show we review, which will be AEW Revolution, will be a much better show. So stay tuned for that in a month's time. I'm going to go much more in depth, because I care about that more. I care about that more. And I care about you guys. And I care about floating roaches that I just started hearing in the background. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye. We are One month into the year, these are my 10 favorite pro wrestling matches of January 2021. Number 10, Momo Watanabe vs. Fury from Stardom on the 3rd of January. Number 9, Kenta Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi vs. Shuji Ishikawa and Suwama, All Japan Pro Wrestling on the 2nd. 8, Mayu Iwatani versus Tam Nakano, Stardom, on the 24th. Number 7, Arisa Nakajima and Tsukasa Fujimoto versus Sari and Yoshiko from Stardling, on the 11th. Number 6, Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naitao from New Japan Pro Wrestling, on the 4th. Number 5, Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix from AEW, on the 6th of January. Number 4, 
Jeff Cobb versus Shingo Takagi from New Japan Pro Wrestling on the 5th. Number 3, Jay White versus Kota Ibushi from New Japan Pro Wrestling on the 5th. Number 2, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shingo Takagi from New Japan Pro Wrestling on the 30th. And number 1, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay from New Japan Pro Wrestling on the 4th. We'll see you again with this little segment in particular one month from now with the February Top 10 Matches.